What's up, everybody? It is Friday, so you know what that means. Freestyle Friday, Jersey Drake's in the building, but we are going to make sure that you know what games to bet on. Who are the best players here? Who is going to get you right when it comes to your pockets? We got it all covered for you on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you so much for joining me today. Jersey Drake of Locked on Seminoles is in the building, and it's all going down specifically here when it comes to betting. We know that we want to get you some money. We all like get right for the year. We're actually doing really well as a unit. We are, make, we are making some coins, so if you want to get in on the action, I guarantee that Jersey Drake and I will have you covered. Jersey, how are we feeling on this Friday? We're feeling good. Cans, we're feeling good. I'm heading up to Orlando for this weekend to celebrate with a, you know, my brother's girlfriend actually just finished her last round of chemo. So we're going to be all hanging out. And also, folks, it is the first day of Hispanic Heritage Month. So, solamente mi gente de República Dominicana, Venezuela, Panama, los Boricos por allá, all of you, let's show up, show up, and let's celebrate and basically embrace the culture for the next month. Por la cultura. Por la right. cultura, ya tú sabes. See? Okay, 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 okay. You see me, you see me. I will Spanish class 101, period. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Bed Online. Bed Online has you covered this season with more prop odds and lines than ever before because Bed Online is where the game starts. And clearly, it's right for this season. This day, as we usually do every Friday, get you right for the betting line. And Friday is even more special because Friday Night, Night, Night Lights features our host's favorite team. Shout out to the Knowles. Shout out to Louisville going down tonight. Shout out to Dalton, who's probably y'all did a crossover episode, I'm sure. Feeling the energy. We're feeling good about this one. We do. Actually, we did have uh, Dalton Mens from Lockdown Louisville to come on. We do our Know Your Foe series where basically it's kind of an orchestrated takeover where Dalton, I don't know much about Louisville. So thankfully, mm-hmm. we have the experts basically all around the Lockdown Network. Dalton came on to discuss Malik Cunningham, his lack of weapons on the outside, and also how the defense is pretty damn bad. Now, folks. It's not terrible. Now, the defense helped that was one of the only reasons why they beat UCF. Let's, let's keep it a butt. Okay, let's keep it fair, though. Uh, UCF is coached by Gus Malzahn, and if you think Mike Norvell's bad at head coaching decisions, he learned a lot of those from Gus Malzahn. So um, <laughs> if you're five, asking John Rice Plumley to throw the ball 38 times when John Rice Plumley should be playing wide receiver, you should lose. You deserve to lose a damn game. But with yeah. this game, overall Florida State, Louisville's defense for running isn't great. They are 120th in the country. And opponent success rate rushing the ball. Florida State's fifth. Minor details. Minor details. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. My, minor, minor details. But, folks, <laughs> this is a game where I was telling Kansas before we started recording. I am confident we'll win this game, but I'm not confident yet to like lay a bigger number with Florida State. We see some people saying out there we're going to win by 10 to 14 points. I need to see Florida State consistently win games and beat out teams until I can start doing that. So, for me yeah. personally, if it, folks, I, this is probably sacrilegious to say this right now on Friday. If you see Louisville at plus three and a half anywhere near game time, the gambler me tells you you should take that. But mm-hmm. as of right now, the line's up four states, two and a half. So go away from the spread. Go to the under at 57 because I definitely do think it's going to be a lot more running the ball. The clock is going to keep moving and moving. And I feel that we have Tatum Bethune, who actually graded out against Malik Cunningham last year at UCF as an 83 with run defense. So to yeah. me, it's going to be a lot of running the ball. The clock's going to keep on moving. Florida's going to win this game. I predict probably a 
31 to 24 type of game. But to me, take the under at 57. Yeah, listen, I think that Florida State is certainly putting themselves in a prime position to be more center focused. That we're talking about them towards of being running the charge and taking the lead in the Atlantic. I don't think they're quite there with, you know, Wake Forest and Clemson and maybe even NC State, but you can make a case for them. And I think that the start of the season, that wasn't necessarily what we were speaking on. And so it's nice to see them be in the conversation. They had a great showing with LSU. And this Louisville one seems like a gimme, but you can never really count Louisville out. No, and it's also Friday night. I don't like Friday night games. Friday night games spook the hell out of me. And also, last week, one of the few losses that we did have, I took UCF at minus five and a half. Mm-hmm. And you saw Louisville, spooky stuff happens on Friday night. It's yeah. one of those games where it's going to be a closer game than people want to expect. But also, to me, I'm confident that we do win this game. And But it's more the fact that like I see us maybe probably maybe pulling away in the fourth, but it's going to be close to probably the fourth quarter, in my personal opinion. Yeah, Jordan Travis for Heisman. I got to make sure I say that because Noles fans will yell at me otherwise. Let's ride. I <laughs> I've spent the week seeing everything Seminoles. Like when I tell you, I've been driving to freaking Target and I see the girl's bumper car. What is it called? Her freaking tags on the back is like yeah. Seminoles, and I'm like, can I just get away from y'all for like one second? What I I, I don't even block people on Locked on ACC, and I had to run with the block because I was just like, you're, I don't have time. I'm you're basically a Florida State fan by association now. I mean, come on, you hang uh, out with me. You got you talk you, you talking over to Sam. I'm more life, you know, basically listen up pod. Like, come on. Listen, now. my sister-in-law went to Florida State, and that for when I had to do bachelorette party, it was all Florida State girls, and it was just like it was a good time. Florida State people are a good time until you talk about football, it was just too much. So Wusa, anyway. Now we go on to Saturday's matchups. We've got Wofford and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, who showed a little promise with that Boston College win. But I'm still thinking Grant Wells is the guy. I don't know. But he's surely going to have to try and get another one here against this Wofford, good Wofford team, solid Wofford team heading into Saturday's matchup at 12 p.m. 11 a.m. Okay, they're doing 11. Okay. It's a, it's an 11 a.m. game, and that's also, folks, the Lions currently are not up on bound line because it is against Wofford. So, to <laughs> me, I'll just wait for that. I wouldn't be surprised if Virginia Tech is probably favored by at least 20-plus points. Mm. I would. Pro- I'm not touching that mainly because I don't trust Grant Wells. Like Tans was just saying, it's tough. It's a tough transition to go from the group of five and then to the power five. That's why you see Grant Wells went from Marshall to Virginia Tech. If it's the opposite direction, I'm actually a big fan of power five QBs that go to the group of five overall to basically cover and basically be more talented. But to me, this is a game that is going to come down to if Grant Wells is able to actually keep a hold on a starting job because AC play for them and as a whole is going to start sooner than they than they think, and they need to have somewhat of a decent season under Brent Pry. Yeah, 100% agree. Let's start with our uh, next morning game, Purdue and Syracuse. Probably the one that you want to circle on the calendar because Syracuse, it's having leaning towards Syracuse being the favorite. That's insanity. We never thought we would say that considering how everyone put them at the bottom of the pot going into the season. And yet here we are. Syracuse is not to be played with. Syracuse's offense is fucking awesome to watch. <laughs> and I'm so sorry for about that. Oh. Yeah, I know, I know. And you're going to have to edit that part. Well, that's a sad the seven-minute mark. But overall, like that, but that's how <laughs> captivating this offense is. And it's really funny now how we're talking about these QBs that basically didn't have little had little to no fan for heading into the year. Jordan Travis, and also now with Garrett Schrader, who's actually being able to take short of some of the load from a Sean Tucker. Mm-hmm. Now, with this game being at Syracuse, it's a big, big help. But how Purdue is only, I guess, I guess underdogs by about a point and a half right now on boundline.net. To me, this is a game that if Syracuse wins this game, I need AJ to put them at number one in the power ranking spot because it's a uh-huh. big game at a home spot. Their defense is very damn good. They're going up against a very talented QB and Aiden O'Connell over at Purdue, and also a great offensive coordinator, uh, sorry, head coach that well, offensive scheme wise. So to me, 
I will take probably Purdue to win this game. But I do like the under at 60 because it's going to be some very big boy football defensively because it's a Big Ten school up against a Syracuse team that has some Big Ten tendencies on that defense. Well, see, I just like Purdue and the energy that they bring and what they stand for in terms of their realignment talks. I go back to my realignment. I always go there and how we need to be putting ourselves in a great position to just tell everyone why the ACC is so great. Syracuse, one of our quote-unquote worst teams, beating Purdue, a team that likes to upset people from time to time, is anything but, you know, a what's the word I'm looking for? An extreme elevation for Syracuse in terms of if you get this win, not only am I saying, okay, ACC, everyone talking about crap about the ACC, put it to bed, but Syracuse is a conversation in the Atlantic division. I'm, I'm sitting here saying maybe we put them in top three of the Atlantic. No, I think you 100% should. And also, you kind of asked, like, Dino, um, what's going on now? Like, you kind of have to give do a little bit of an apology tour with them because basically it, it's hard, Ain't man. Ain't apology over here. This is no, no, you have, been stu- okay. you, know, you have been writing Thank for my – you have been writing Thank for him you. since I've known you. You. You, have, you. you have. You have. You have. Thank you. I appreciate but that. I haven't. I'll you be, have I'll be first, I, I have been first in line. Nobody like, else listen, here on the show apologize. has. No, you, I mean, you, <laughs> listen, you, we'll talk about Duke later too because you're going to be the same damn thing. But overall, to me, like, Dino – is showing why he was very kind of a hot commodity as an offensive mind with Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader. And who would have thought Garrett Schrader could actually pass the ball? Like, I'm trying to say he's a, he's a good quarterback. He's a, he's he has joined the good quarterback conference, the QB conference at this ACC. He has joined the rankings, and now we can put him in there and say, hey, he might be someone to really consider when you're looking down the road towards these big Atlantic Division matchups. So, and and also, who would have yeah. thought that uh, that game against Syracuse and FSU that might determine who's actually going to be fighting for the Atlantic top spot? That I don't know about all that, but you know, I'm, on, you know, crazy, crazier things have happened. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro college and football betting needs. Listen, sports wagering information—they've got it, got you covered. The fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports, including football, MLB, MMA, boxing, and even golf and volleyball. Volleyball season is crazy right now, and I'm just sitting here to tell you, I have watched some really incredible women out there, so if they're betting matchups you got there, you should go and check it out to the website today, betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. So we're rocking and rolling here with Drizzy Drake of Locked On Seminoles podcast. You can check him out each and every day. Be sure to download, subscribe to his podcast on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. We're looking into our later afternoon game starting at 2 o'clock. Old Dominion in Virginia. If you listened to yesterday's show with Alex Dono, we talked about this being a potential trap game for Virginia. After that Illinois showing, it didn't look too good for your boys in orange and blue. So this is just that was just a bad one. We're going to shake it off. They beat Richmond badly. They're going to be ODU badly, right? Right, Jesse Drake? No. <laughs> Listen, it's really, really appropriate that Old Dominion's name is the Monarchs because they're about to be the kings and queens of Virginia because Ooh. I fully believe that Old you know, We saw the game last week in Virginia against Illinois. Illinois is not a good football team, and they got boat raced. Brennan yeah. Armstrong has the fifth worst QBR in the country. And, and this has come from somebody that had him as the second best QB in this conference at yeah. 33.3. So with Old Dominion, they've already done it before early in the year with Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech might be a better team than Virginia. So to me, right Old Dominion plus eight and a half. And also, again, spring all the money line at plus 260 and make yourself some damn money with Old Dominion because uh, Virginia, they need to show me something because uh, that game against Illinois, 
it was just it was just it bad was all facets. It was ugly. Is a better way to put it. Yeah. They they lost on both sides of the trenches, and it's just really really hard to see. Now we're moving on to Ole Miss and Georgia Tech. Speaking of games that might get ugly very quickly, Old Dominion. I mean, Ole Miss will face off against Georgia Tech on ABC at three thirty. I just want to see some from Jeff Sims because I hope that he can figure it out with his weapons that aren't you know world class, but still they're great. I hope, but beyond that, I want the leadership to give him something to work with. Don't have this man out here looking crazy. No, and this is actually a game that I'm not touching it, mainly because Ole Miss actually is still having kind of the QB sort of sort out between Jackson Dart and Luke Altmyer. And then also, I have a sneaking suspicion that Jeff Sims might just run by himself for this damn game because the Ole Miss defense actually is pretty solid. So to me with this, it's, if Jeff Collins is actually going to be able to hinder them again, because I don't trust Jeff Collins to be the head coach there for much longer. And also, I mean, we saw number 72 for the offensive line. Basically, just the, it just seems like there's like not to little to no care for a lot of these, like right now for this team. So Starting to, to me, lose the locker room, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So to me overall, I wouldn't touch it, but honestly, maybe if you really want to have a play on this, just take under 63, because I think maybe Ole Miss might score 45 to 52 points. George mm-hmm. Tech might, like, might get lucky with seven. There you have it. Then we move on to the 5 p.m. evening game between Liberty and Wake Forest. Not going to be truly challenging that much for Wake Forest. I think that they're on a roll, especially with how they played against Vanderbilt. But we'll love to still see some consistency from their defense, and especially Sam Hartman. Can you keep the momentum? Can you let everyone know that you were not a fluke from last year? And we're just we're really you know hitting our stride. We're in midseason form. We're already week eight type level of talent when it comes to Wake Forest. I feel like they're they're about there. They're getting there. They are. And I also think basically Sam Hartman's not a fluke. Sam Hartman is one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. He let us know even that he was basically off for about a month and a half, kind of rehabbing and healing up from his injury. That to me that this offense is pretty damn good. Uh, Wake Forest, minus 16 and a half. I don't think Liberty is able to basically, I guess, soften the blow losing Malik Willis. I'm surprised that Malik Willis still isn't even starting for the Panthers right now. Sorry, the Titans yet because Tannehill's not good of a QB. So to me, I will go Wake Forest here, my 16 and a half, and take the over to a 63 because I don't think I think with here with Dave Clawson, he's going to probably put everything out on the out on the field to that uh, on Sunday. Sorry, absolutely, Saturday. absolutely. Speaking of Malik Willis, you know, as a Giants fan, I think beat, having the Giants beat the Titans was more reason to get Malik Willis some shine because ain't no way in the world the Giants were supposed to beat the Titans that day, and they did off a botched kick. But hey, I'll take I'll take the dub. Shout out to the Giants. Anyway. NCANT facing off against my, I don't know, I can't say favorite, 6 p.m. facing off against the Blue Devils, Duke Mike Elko on the road to six. Just give me six games. That's all I ask of you. I can't wait. As soon as they win six games, <laughs> I hope you understand. The first thing I'm saying off the show is with you and Kenton is run me my money. Run it, run it. They're about to get 3-0 and this weekend. That's just, they're halfway there. Here we go. Let's go, Blue Devils. I mean, isn't the blue. isn't that gif uh, from the uh, the NCANT uh, co- head coach where he's like, "Bring me my money." Bring me my money, Coach Washington. Let's go. Bring it. Yeah. Um, on a silver platter. On a silver platter. Duke looks really, really good, and also I think you can definitely see the defense is going to be very tough. And Riley Leonard, sneakily, they might actually have something at the QB Come spot. On, and that's something we, that we love to sneakily put the quarterbacks to look like him. But go ahead. Sneaky I mean, listen, athletic. Sneak, sneaky athletic, <laughs> a real student of the game, really high <laughs> and high IQ. Yeah, no. But overall, I mean, he's a good, he's a good QB, and it's really yeah. funny to me to see that the conference of quarterbacks is continuing to produce, even and the coastal. Which, listen, 
you have Riley Leonard and Drake May. I think we'll talk about next too. That the Coastal is starting to bring out some QBs, even though we're okay. seeing players like a Brandon Armstrong and Fudger Kovic struggle. Yeah, yeah. Listen, and I think for defensively, Jalen Stinson's having a great year. I think that Dwayne Carter, like I mentioned all the time, Shaka Hayward. But to me, the secondary is one where you saw flashes last season. They just needed the right coach. They have that. Duke is nothing to mess with. I think they haven't had a challenge yet. They might not have a challenge with Kansas, but who knows? Because they won last week, and that's a rare trait. Ooh, I love I'll, Kansas. However, <laughs> the road to six starts with the next one in front of you. So let's go Blue Devils. Now you got Texas Tech and NC State. This one might be the most nerve-wracking for me in terms of my beginning of the season saying NC State is going to win the ACC. You got to win this one. This can't be a trap game for you, as we talked about on yesterday's show. You got to win against the Red Raiders because if you want people to take you seriously, you got to beat good teams outside of your conference. And Texas Tech is a damn good team over from the Big 12. And they are. And their defense is, strangely enough, even for a Big 12 team, they actually do not know how to play some defense. Mm -hmm. The only issue with Texas Tech is they are still using their second-string quarterback. And to me, NC State lost a game similarly last year against Mississippi State, where they lost Mm -hmm. 24-10, where it was another A-Ray team with uh, Mike Leach, Will Rogers over there running the show, even though Will Rogers only threw for 294 yards. To me... This comes down to defense and toughness, and Devin Leary showing that he's actually a pretty damn good QB. I think getting ACU out of the way, like that kind of like that smack in the mouth, like, oh, we should have lost, but picking mm-hmm. up against Charleston Southern, which I know Charleston Southern is a bad team. They're not good at all, but we'll still 50, 55 to three is still 55 to three. Yep. A lot of teams can't beat the FCS teams. Yep. But Tough, period. Yeah, this is coming from me too. But so to me, <laughs> NC State, the minus 10, I know it's a scary line. This is a buyer beware, as we would call it, our own gambling show, but I don't care. Give me NC State minus 10. I think this is where basically they make some noise and let people know why they're ranked so high in the preseason poll. Listen, don't don't embarrass me. This, this is the don't embarrass me game. This is don't embarrass me in front of the hoes. Like, don't be out here just cutting <laughs> up. Like, do not embarrass me in front of company. That's all I ask of you is don't have me out here saying NC State is on this. We're going to put up or shut up year, and y'all not going to go forward. So there's that. Pittsburgh, speaking of trap games in Western Michigan. Pittsburgh, listen. I don't know who's going to be your quarterback. I don't care if it's Nick Paddywhack. I don't care if it's Keaton Slovis. Y'all best to be consistent. That's all I ask you. Abinaconda, you bet you're going to have to run, big dog. If, that's, if you have to put yeah. the team on your back, go for it. But this, don't get caught up in who you don't have. Focus on what you do have, which is really good secondaries. Rossi Dennis, MJ Devonshire having a great year. Like You got to just keep that momentum going. Yeah, it's going to be up to Abinaconda and um, the white man that proved that actually they can jump on Gavin Bartholomew <laughs> with that great hurdle over the Tennessee defensive <laughs> player. But to me, this is a game where what happened last year when these two teams played, Candace? You know, it got ugly. It, it it was a game that Pittsburgh wants back. I know they have this one revenge on the calendar. And this also, and also that game last year was at Pitt. Yeah. This one's in Western Michigan. Yeah. And this is a game that I will give Pitt probably going to win this game. But the line right now has moved from, I think it opened at seven and a half. It's now at 10. So everyone expects Pitt to blow them out. Keen Slovis, I'm pretty sure, is still hurt. Nick Patty is Nick Patty. So I think it's going to be your asking of a lot from Abinakenda to basically run wild, which he can. And that defense, I think, I agree with you, is very elite. That secondary is nasty and the main reason why they beat WVU. But now we know WVU isn't a good team. So to me, go Western Michigan plus 10 here. I hate to say it for the ACC, but Pitt was going to win a close one here. I hope it's not close. All right, the evening is set. We have all the lights down, and we got the bright lights on for Maine and Boston College. Now, listen, 
already said don't embarrass embarrass me from the company. I don't want to hear nothing from nobody if Boston College cannot even make it a blow away against me. Come on now. 7.30 on ESPN3. Probably not going to be able to see it. But I just I don't want to see no tweets from AJ Black saying, what are we doing? Halfley should be fired. Like, I don't want to know Twitter spaces will fire Halfley. Like, I don't want none of that. Please, please. We can do this. They should. But um, that <laughs> offensive line's got a bunch of me's on their plane right now. And I'm saying that mainly because, like, it, the offensive line is really decimated by injury. I mean, that's the you lost Christian Mahogany, but then you lose two more players. I think they have actually two walk-ons right now currently on the offensive line. And they actually have to have another story that's questionable. If your offensive line isn't basically playing, that's kind of a big issue. I've seen it before with FSU's 2018 offensive line. We saw with DeAndre Francois, how he wasn't yep. able to play. Yep. Kovic is, an, is a very talented kid, but he's not as mobile as you want him to be, and he, he can't survive behind a line or allow plays to develop. So It's a lot of gems and Joes on the line. It's not a lot of superstars. They just got to make the best of bad situations. But, listen, at the end of the day, that's why we play the game, right? Next man up mentality. What do we need to do? You, y'all need a pep talk because I can call you. Coach Hazel, we follow each other on Twitter. I can let you know. I, I want the best for you and yours. However, you got to have some guys with some chutzpah, a little cojones, since we're in the you know, Hispanic right, heritage. All right, all right, all right Tyreek Hill with the <laughs> – I was saying the same thing about Mike Mike McDaniel, but uh, <laughs> that was pretty funny. But, yeah, no, just Boston College, please. Please. You can, you can beat Maine. Please. Don't embarrass us. Please don't, don't embarrass, embarrass us. us. All right, Louisiana Tech taking on Clemson. To me, Clemson, your offense is doing all right. We want you to be a little bit better. Shout out to Brian Breesey. His sister passed mm-hmm. away. Our thoughts and prayers are to him. I know they are going to be playing for a lot, and hopefully they take all of that energy and play, you know, for their brother and win this game handedly on Saturday night. I agree with they're not going to cover. I think that basically, and it's not because of basically how the, I think the offense is bad. I still think the wide receivers aren't that great, and the QB mm-hmm. leaves a lot to be desired. I just don't trust Clemson offense to cover 30, 33 points against yeah. a Louisiana Tech team that, they actually played them pretty decently well last year, and their yep. offense is actually kind of fun to watch. Their defense, eh, but also with Clemson, like to me, 33, this isn't Clemson of three years ago. I'm not yeah. giving you 33 points. A hundred percent. I think as much as the defense is going to do well, you're not going to see matching energies with that offense, but we'll, we'll see improvement and we'll see a win for sure. The game, of course, that we cannot, we'd be remiss if we did not spend a little bit of time on is that Miami. And Texas A&M game, number 13, Miami faces off against number 24, Texas A&M Aggies at 9 p.m. on ESPN. The game is must-see TV because, to me, this is the one that rep, rep your set. ACC, let's go Miami. You say you want to be back and want to do all these things. This is the one right here. This is this is how we get on and stay on by beating the Aggies on Saturday night. So, first off, I want to thank Alex Donna for all the nice things to say about Florida State basically the day before. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm going to return the favor. Um, Look at you! I really, I know, I, I know it's, it's a lot of love here. I can agree that basically the the offensive game plan for Miami against Southern Miss and also against Bethune Cookman is vanilla, primarily because Jimbo Fisher, when you give him a lot of time to prep, is able to attack and organize what he wants to see. Has and, Jimbo? We talked about this on show yesterday. Has Jimbo not been right since he left Florida? I think maybe we talked about this on Tuesday with JJ. Has Jimbo not been right since he left Florida State? He hasn't been uh, – there's all – how much time hey, do you have? How much time do you got? <laughs> we say he ain't been right since he ain't had Jameis, but – No, I it's, that's know. true. That's 100%. Okay. That's 100% true, mainly because okay. Jameis – Jimbo, there's a picture, and I'll tweet it out later, that you'll see him carrying, like, a binder with a zip with a Ziploc notebook and all this stuff like that. I'm like, you don't need all that. And it's so – 
that's why people want um was it Connor Wegman or Max Johnson to come in and start right, right away. Jameis didn't start his first year because Jimbo's offense is so complex and so detailed and so deep that it's difficult to execute unless you have a full mastery of it. And you're mm-hmm. asking these kids to do it really quickly in the SEC. That's not going to work. And then with Jameis, he was good. They, like, like Jameis was the perfect QB for him because Jameis literally he has the offensive mind of, of a guru. He's a, he's, a, he's a genius when it comes to that. But mm-hmm. then you had Everett Golson didn't pan out. You have DeAndre, Fran- DeAndre Francois. He got hurt. And then the only reason why that he stayed around for that second to last year was because of Dalvin Cook, who masked a very, very bad offensive line. And then we saw the week, year later when DeAndre Francois got hurt. So mm-hmm. he has not been right, in my personal opinion, since Jameis left. And there's other stuff that you can look up online and see what, why that is. But to me, he is probably the most overrated, expensive coach to get eight and four wins with a number one recruiting class. It's honestly just you're not getting what you pay for. Yeah, you know, I think that there's a lot to be said about that because Texas A&M certainly does recruit very well. But can you get the, you know, what's it called the big old gold trophy at the end? It's hard to say with, you know, Jimbo and how he hasn't really progressed or developed a quarterback since Jameis. And you also don't have defenses that really scare folks like they used to. Like, what was my guy, Sumlin? I don't know why Texas a and really ever let him go, but I digress. Here we They're are. They're the same record. There's, actually, no, <laughs> Kevin Sumlin has a better record than Jimbo by one win right now. I believe it. And he oh, might, and he's gonna, and it's gonna be even worse after Miami goes here and takes them to the woodshed. I just think that Miami has the confidence, and they've been quietly just letting it, you know, ride out. They haven't been doing too much. Yes, been, the offense hasn't been what people want. Let me see all 103 trick plays, but you know, maybe they're saving something for when they actually have to play some real hardcore talent. Yeah. No, I can agree with that, and also since this is Hispanic Heritage Month, I will not be going against, you know, Mario Cristobal of South Miami. I can't be doing that, or Alex Mirabel, the offensive line coach. Okay. But Miami fans, this is probably one of the few times I'll be right there with you. The offense should be hitting on all cylinders because the Texas A&M uh, defense, it's solid, but it doesn't really scare you. And also that offense is probably archaic at this point. So mm-hmm. please, for the love of God, do not embarrass me for taking you guys at plus six and plus okay. 195. And take the under because to me it's going to be a defensive smash by football game. But you will probably beat my, you probably will beat them twenty seven to thirteen. I do not expect a Texas A and M score more than one touchdown, and it's probably going to be a special teams touchdown too. Oh my goodness, that's how you drop the mic and let it rip. Listen, we ain't got to say nothing else after that. I'm ready for the game. Nine o'clock, where we at? Let's do it on ESPN. So that's all we've got for the betting betting wise for the weekend. But we want to make sure you guys follow the Seminoles podcast whenever you feel like, you know, just listen to a little more Knowles action and getting all the things and all of the goodness that Jersey Drake brings to each and every show that he does. Can you please remind these folks where they can find you and follow your work? You can follow me at tally underscore underscore Drake. You can follow the podcast at Knowles Anonymous. You can also follow my co-host Dave at he's at FSU Knowles. The O is a zero. The S is a five because he's ancient as hell like Jimbo's offense. And as always, we're fans first, people second, and podcasters third. We have a actually a gambling show specifically for all college football dropping at 9 p.m. tonight. Check out our Lockdown Louisville pod we just dropped today. Actually, no, two days ago. Uh, and as always, go Knowles. Take care and uh, let's make some money. And Miami, don't embarrass me in front of the hose. Do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Period, mi gente. Okay. For Candace Cooper and Jizzy Drake, we hope you guys have a great rest of your evening. Have a safe weekend as you're traveling to games. Whatever you're doing, make sure you have fun doing it. For Candace Cooper, 